0: According to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless, and grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our growth comes through the scriptures. Join me, if you would, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the uh, only portion of our Harmony of the Gospels that does not come from Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John but is included as part of the post-resurrection appearances. The post-resurrection ecclesiastical appearances. We'll talk about that as well. I invented an acronym last week, and some of you caught it, most of you didn't. So I'll give it to you again this week, and we'll see how that goes. By the way, just to demonstrate, uh, this is AustinBibleChurch.com, where our Life of Christ series is located. Um, I usually... Hello. I can wake up my mouse. I'm going to show you where. Here we go. Life of Christ. And this lists the. Uh, this is our present Wednesday morning study in the life of Christ in reverse order. So the newest classes are at the top, and then you can scroll back. But over here on the right, it's broken down by sections, and this is where you can find your Harmony of the Gospels in case uh, we're out in the hallway or you don't have your own printout or you just want to download it to your iPad or whatever you have. And uh, the Harmony of the Gospels, we did teach a single class in the Harmony of the Gospels, was lesson number one, way back on uh, Wednesday, January 7th, 2004. And uh, you can listen to that class if you like. but Or you pull up the PDF document, and here's the the outlines. Four pages, if you print it off on four sheets of paper, or two sheets, double back, you know. Uh, And we are so close to the end of this now. We are right here. And here are the 13 events that mark the resurrection through the ascension. The resurrection through the ascension. And this is where we are. We're we're practically at the end. Um, Obviously, the women visit the tomb was event one. Peter and John see the empty tomb, event two. Jesus' appearance to Mary Magdalene, event three. These events, um, this is how we've structured this class. We're teaching this class by event. All right. So uh, this morning we're dealing with event 10 and event 11. That's where those numbers come from. The appearance to 500 and the appearance to James. But basically we're, we're taking those event numbers from this Harmony of the Gospels outline. And uh, not my outline, this is from A.T. Robertson, it's been republished in a lot of different Bible helps and Bible tools, if you have the Thomas Nelson book of maps and charts, or if you have the new Bible commentary, or, there's countless, I think I have, I counted at one time, I have eight versions of this Harmony of the Gospel in my Logos software, in a variety of commentaries and Bible dictionaries and Bible books of charts and maps and things of that nature. It's a very common harmony of the Gospels that you'll find in many places. So the basic harmony was taken from Nelson's complete book of Bible maps and charts. Uh, I revised dates, however. I've reworked the dates. I do not accept a 30 AD crucifixion or a 32 AD crucifixion. I believe in the 33 AD crucifixion on Friday, April 3rd. I also reject the Wednesday crucifixion and the Thursday crucifixion views. I hold to the Friday uh, crucifixion view. So the dates down the left-hand column have been adjusted from the A.T. Robertson Harmony to reflect the 33 AD crucifixion. And uh, so we have the resurrection on Sunday, April 5th, 33 AD at dawn. All right. Anyway, that's where we're coming from. We're presently in events 10 and 11, the only events on this entire four-page document that don't come from Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. They come from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the appearances to the 500, the appearances to James. And uh, once we wrap that up, then we've got the Great Commission and the Ascension. So that's how close we are to uh, completing a series that began on January of... uh, 2004 (laughs) how about that as we come up on january of 2014 it's kind of uh interesting to uh reach the end of this series all right the appearance to the 500 and the appearance to james they're mentioned here in first corinthians 15 after that he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time most of whom remain until now in other words most of whom are still alive at the time first corinthians is being written Uh, and can bear witness to the truth of what paul is testifying to here some have fallen asleep then he appeared to james then to all the apostles and last of all as to one untimely born he appeared to me also last of all the apostle paul is the final uh, apostle for the church age the final one uh, appeared to by jesus christ uh, and called to apostolic ministry this is what we're going to talk about this morning so before we do, let's take a moment for silent prayer and make sure we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we are humble under the authority of the Word of God. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth of your Word. We thank you for the opportunity we have to assemble together this morning. Thank you for this Wednesday morning class, Father. A nice break throughout the week and opportunity to, uh, to fellowship together and to study to show ourselves approved. We thank you uh, for this particular class today. Uh, set aside distractions, open the eyes of our understanding. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so um, in the effort to try to blend these appearances in, um, p- the placement for 10 and 11... Um where do you where do you place it? You know, obviously it's in between the empty tomb and the ascension, <laughs> okay? It's in between uh the the fact that Jesus Christ walks out of that tomb uh, in, in a resurrected glorified body and leaves that tomb empty. And so um it, it obviously has to be sometime after episode 1 and has to happen sometime prior to his final ascension to the Father that we see there in Acts chapter 1 and Luke 24. So uh, where do we place the appearance to the 500? Where do we place the appearance to uh, James? Where do we place the appearance to his other brothers, for example, uh, Jude and Simeon and, and Joseph? There were f- four brothers of Christ that uh, he appeared to. Where do we place those? And in the decision to place them after 9 and before 12, um, okay, I don't really take issue with that. It's, it's as good place as any to place it. And in particular when we have the order that we have here in 1 Corinthians notice he appeared first to Cephas in verse 5 then to the 12 after that to the more than 500 brethren at one time so we have we can place the appearance to the 500 after he appears to Cephas and after he appears to the 12 that's about as far as we can get <laughs> okay And so I think on this outline here, it's it's a good order. When I start to take issue with it, let me tell you how I'm going to take issue with it. I'll start doing that when we get to the Great Commission because I think that the tandem of Matthew 28 and Luke 24 is a problem. And uh, that's where I'm going to start to dispute the details on this A.T. Robertson harmony. I think it would be better to take that Luke passage, Luke 24, 44 through 49, and remove it from the great commission episode remove it from episode 12 give it its own episode number call it number 13 and then take the ascension and bump it down to event 14 you see what i'm talking about there in terms of the i need a pointer i used to have one does this have a pointer on it no maybe not i used to have a pointer but you can see what I'm talking about. This uh, this Luke passage here in Luke 24, 44 through 49. We're going to teach that coming up as a part of the Great Commission event, event 12. But as we teach it and we look at the details there, um, I think you're going to agree with me if I teach it well enough, that the the activity of what's happening there in Luke 24 is happening in Jerusalem, and he's telling them to wait for him there in Jerusalem, or wait for the Holy Spirit there in Jerusalem. Whereas the Great Commission itself is on a mountain, and I think in the Matthew record where there's more than 500 that are gathered at one time, you need a mountain, you need a wide open space to uh, to put all those guys, because you know the. The, the high priest isn't exactly dazzled with letting y'all meet in the temple, right? Or uh, Herod isn't really, uh, Pilate's not really going to be thrilled with using the praetorium space uh, for that. You know, there's only so many places where you can put 500 people at one time within the boundaries of Jerusalem. Okay, you can go out to the Hippodrome and I mean, where are they meeting? I think the mountain in Galilee where he told them he was going to meet them. The women were commanded to tell the disciples to go to Galilee. He was going to meet them on a mountain in Galilee. So in any event, I think when we get to episode 12, I'll, I'll keep it, I mean we've used this harmony all this time anyway, why, why change now? But I think I'm gonna out, when I do outline it, I'm going to outline the Matthew material first, and then I'm going to segment, I'm going to uh, outline the Luke material uh, at the end of that development and, and really treat it as if it's a separate event, because I think it should be a separate event, uh, which would give us 14 then in the, uh, the resurrection through the ascension. So, anyway, dealing with that. But, back to 1 Corinthians now. If he appeared to Cephas first, and then to the 12, well, why are we ignoring Mary Magdalene? Wasn't that episode 3, Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene? and episode 4, Jesus appeared to the other women? And don't think it's just a misogynistic, uh, hating women kind of a thing, because what about the disciples on the Emmaus Road? Those were two men on the Emmaus Road. Why are they not mentioned in 1 Corinthians 15? When I'm in 1 Corinthians 15 and it says, he was buried, he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then to more than 500 brethren at one time. Why are the Emmaus Road guys not mentioned? Okay? Or Mary Magdalene. Or uh, the other women. Okay. There's reasons why. And I think it comes to the, to the core of what these appearances are. What does it mean that he appeared to? It was more than just a, ta-da, see me now, here I am, I'm here, I'm alive. More than that. Significantly more than that. It's actually calling and commissioning with an apostolic warrant. Following these appearances, following these appearances, these folks went forth with apostolic commissions they went they entered into the church age as church age apostles all right prior to that those that were apostles prior to that were apostles of the lamb those that traveled with him in his in his incarnation ministry were apostles of the lamb and those 12 names are on the 12 foundation stones of the new jerusalem but there's a lot more apostles in the church than just the 12 apostles of the lamb And that's going to become clear as we work our way through. So let's pick up with our outline where we took it last week. And my acronym, which spells out the word preach. Okay, it spells out P-R-E-A-C-H. And in English, that spells preach. Okay, apostles are called to preach, to preach Christ. So the Apostle Paul outlined all of Jesus's post-resurrection appearances. And what are these post-resurrection appearances? They are post-resurrection ecclesiastical apostolic callings. Ecclesiastical apostolic callings. Not, not that, and that distinguishes an ecclesiastical apostle is different from an age of Israel apostle, the apostles of the Lamb before the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not only are they callings, but they are hand of fellowship extensions hand of fellowship extensions as apostles would greet one another with the right hand of fellowship and they would identify with one another and validate those ministries as james and and peter validated the ministries of paul and barnabas that their apostolic calling was indeed from the lord and so we see it there as well all right Let's identify, let's look at these again. We were just in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 11. There's an order to these. Cephas, then the 12. And notice the 12 there in verse 5 is different from all the apostles in verse 7. You notice that? Why would he appear to the 12 in verse 5 and then all the apostles in verse 7? That's not redundant and that's not the same group of people. All the apostles are a much larger group than just the twelve. Okay? In fact, all the apostles is all of them until uh, minus Paul. Is all of them minus the guy that's, uh, that has not yet had his Damascus Road experience yet. Because it's last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. And that expression, untimely born, is quite startling. Um, as as it applies to a a miscarriage or an abortion. All right. And spiritually speaking in metaphor, what did Paul consider himself? (laughs) Okay. Um, Different things there. Okay. These apostolic callings and hand of fellowship extensions marks their uh, entrance into church age apostolic ministry. Even an expression slightly earlier than that, back in chapter 9, where Paul is defending his apostolic ministry, he says, Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? In other words, called into a right hand of fellowship apostolic ministry. Are you not my work in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the lord so seeing jesus christ being called by jesus christ having that right hand of fellowship extension is a requirement to be an apostle nobody today has that nobody today has that galatians chapter 2 verses 7 through 9 i think this is a, a significant connection to make here in this uh in this study Everybody that was called as an apostle received this right hand of quininea, this right hand of fellowship with Jesus Christ. Galatians 2, verses 7 through 9. Talking about uh, the so-called pillars and those who were of high reputation. Well, it might mean something to somebody, it didn't mean anything to Paul on the contrary verse 7 seeing that i had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised just as peter had been to the circumcised that's galatians 2 7 each of these men were apostles paul was an apostle peter was an apostle but paul's apostleship was specifically a trust and he had been entrusted with his apostleship to the gentiles Peter had been entrusted in his apostleship specifically to the Jews. For he who effectually worked for Peter in his apostleship to the circumcised effectually worked for me also to the Gentiles. See, this is is right in line with gifts, ministries, and effects. And you and I have applications to this too, right? Because who effectually works in you, in your ministry? You've got a gift, the Holy Spirit gave that to you. You have a calling. Jesus Christ calls you to your ministry. But you have effectual workings. And the Father is the one that's at work in through us for his good pleasure. So he who effectually worked for Peter in his apostleship to the circumcised, effectually worked for me also to the Gentiles. And recognizing the grace that had been given to me, James and Cephas and John, who are reputed to be pillars, gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. That's why I call this a Hand of Fellowship Extension. The Hand of Fellowship Extension. Plus, I needed an H to finish my acronym for P-R-E-C-A-C-H. Preach. All right, the post-resurrection appearances. Far more than just, look at me, I'm alive. They were specific callings. They were specific commissionings. Each of these apostles, and they're all men, each of these apostles, from Cephas to the 12, to more than 500 men, brethren, at one time. Now, you, you can make a claim that, well, brethren applies to men and women. I get that. But to James, to Cephas, uh, to, to Paul, to everyone we know of by fact, everyone we know of is a male. Okay? Okay somebody will try to make a claim for a female apostle based on romans 15 we can we can address that too okay they were all male apostles there was no shortage of women available mary magdalene the women who saw him first the women that he appeared to in event uh two and event three uh, event three and event four there were other women there were women in the upper room praying including his own mother 120 that were praying in that upper room, all right, when the day of Pentecost came, but they're not listed in 1 Corinthians 15 as apostles, called to church age apostle status. Every apostle in the first century was a male apostle. There were prophets and there were prophetesses, but there were not apostles and apostleses, okay? Not in the New Testament. The New Testament limits the the, uh, apostles to the Males and and up for, up to five hundred at one time, there were more than just the twelve as apostles. there were five hundred called as apostles on that great commission episode that went forth worldwide. You know, a lot of times it's you know they talk about how the church grew from just twelve twelve apostles and how it just grew well, okay, you could say that, but it was actually more than five hundred that departed Jerusalem with an apostolic commission that that went forth to the uttermost parts of the earth. All right. So, finally, then John 17, John 17, verses 20 and 21. Let's take a look at that. John 17. We understand that in this high priestly prayer, in this portion, in this red letter portion of your Bible, chapter 13 through 17 is almost all red. Right? It's the it's the night in which he's betrayed. It's the upper room and walk to the garden discourse. And in this section of the the Gospel of John, we have material that pertains to the church age. They don't understand it the night they hear it, but they will understand it once the day of Pentecost comes and the Holy Spirit gives them remembrance of this entire sermon. And in John 17, he's talking about how the apostles are going to operate once he is departed. And that they have to be that He's coming to you. He says in verse 13, John seventeen thirteen. But now I come to you. He knows, Jesus knows, He's leaving planet Earth. Talking to His Father, saying, Now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. The church age is going to have a fullness of joy that no previous age was ever, ever had available to them because they're going to have a resurrected Savior seated at the Father's right hand. He says in verse 15, I do not ask you to take them out of the world. You and I, were are to occupy with the things above, but we still live here. We are not taken out of here until you know physical death or rapture. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. Armor them up. Sanctify them in the truth. Protect them. Guard them, keep them, because they're engaged spiritually in ways that Israel and the Gentiles never were. The church is a spiritual stewardship. They are not of the world even as I am not of the world. Sanctify in other words, pilgrims and aliens and strangers, just as Jesus was. Sanctify them in truth, your word is truth. That's why we better be disciples. We can't it's not enough to simply be saved. It's not enough to simply have eternal life and then wait to go to heaven when we die. We've got to be sanctified in the truth, so that we're armored up, that we're engaged, we're holding the sword in our hand, that's the Rema Theu, the Word of God. As you have sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And this is Apostello here. Okay? He's talking about Apostelloing, apostling these twelve men. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth a top-down pattern of setting that example, living that example. Jesus Christ sanctifies Himself. He did so in 1st Advent. He continues to do so in session at the Father's right hand. Jesus Christ sanctifies Himself as He is seated at the Father's right hand, sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone. Now here's the key. This is why the Great Commission is not just for those 12 guys, but way back in the day. The Great Commission is not just for those apostles of the Lamb. I sanctify, uh, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. Through their word. So once the church age begins and the apostolic gospel starts to be preached, all right, through their word. we have a sanctification in the truth that is universal for the entire church age. The entire body of Christ is sanctified in Christ by the preaching of the apostolic gospel. That they may all be one, even as you, Father, in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. Now, the moment you're saved, you're in Christ. But what does it take to be in Christ and in Father? Okay? In Christ and in Father. We're talking about experiential sanctification at this point. We're talking about being a true disciple. We're talking about the fellowship that we have with the Father and with the Son. So the world may believe that you sent me. Okay, so here we have it. And here's our term, post-resurrection appearances. Ecclesiastical, apostolical callings and hand of fellowship extensions. Now the women are not mentioned. The women He certainly appeared to first are not mentioned here because they are not commissioned to be apostles. The women He appeared to first are not mentioned here in 1 Corinthians 15 because they are not commissioned to be apostles. They can certainly testify to His resurrection. That's not the point of 1 Corinthians 15. They are not commissioned as apostles. RTTA three and RTTA four; those are referencing event three and event four in the Resurrection through the Ascension segment of our Harmony of the Gospels. Previously, if you see a GM three, what's GM three? Galilean Ministry. If you have uh, uh, PM four, what's PM four? Perean Ministry. Okay, all of these, all of these segments in your Harmony. All of these segments here are, are have separate numbers. Here's Jesus' final week of work at Jerusalem. It's, it's numbered one through whatever, one through 41. Okay? Each of these segments has a heading, Judean and Prian ministry. That, of course, I follow the great Galilean ministry. Before that, there was the beginning of Jesus' ministry, truths about John the Baptist. Anyway, each of these segments segments major sections of the harmony of the gospels uh, is numbered one through whatever and so when i put them in brackets like that it's just with reference to our harmony of the gospel outline event three and event four of the resurrection through the ascension ministry of jesus christ the uh, emmaus road disciples are also omitted the women are omitted the emmaus road disciples are are omitted Is there anything in the appearances to the women where he shows them how much they must suffer for his sake? Where he calls them to either a Jewish or Gentile mission field? Where he sets them apart and gives them signs and wonders and miracles to perform so that their apostolic ministries will be validated in the books of the Bible they're going to be writing? There's none of that. And not with the Emmaus Road disciples either. Okay. We won't go back, but there's the scriptures there. John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18, when he appears to Mary Magdalene. Matthew 28, verses 9 and 10, when he appears to the other women. Uh, The Emmaus Road disciples in uh, Luke 24, verses 13 through 35. And in none of those cases does he give them an apostolic warrant. In none of those cases does he promise them the, the spiritual powers of the Holy Spirit for the signs and wonders of a true apostle. All right. Now, the first one called as an apostle is Cephas, Simon, Peter, Bar Jonah, the man of many names, otherwise known as the first pope. I'm teasing, okay? But if you have a Catholic background or if you've got friends or family with Roman uh, Catholicism as an influence, (coughs) then they will tell you, of course, that Peter is uh, the rock that uh, the Roman church was built on in a misunderstanding of Matthew 16. Cephas, Simon, Peter, Bar, Jonah. Cephas is an Aramaic name, means rock. Same as the Greek Petros means rock. Simon was most likely his birth name. And he was called Simon, son of John. Or son of Jonah, depending on which manuscript you want to read. So his dad's name was John or Jonah. And he was given Simon as a birth name. Uh, I suspect that they spoke Aramaic very frequently with each other on their fishing trips and on their travels. And uh, Cephas was then his Aramaic nickname, as it were. Uh, was that was it called? Did they call him Rock because he was uh, so firm and steady, so stable. Or did he just have rocks in his head? <laughs> Andrew Andrew gave him that nickname. And said, "Boy, you're you're dumber than a box of rocks." Who knows how these nicknames come from? Okay, but the Lord used it and used the name Cephas, used the name Petros, changed it to Petra when He said, "On this Petra I will build My church." All right, but He receives the first. Post-resurrection, ecclesiastical apostolic calling and hand of fellowship extension. And this was the excitement. Let's let's go to Luke 24. And let's, let's remind ourselves, we taught this, but in case you didn't pick up on it, Luke 24. And the order on this, I think is significant. Um... Luke 24 is the resurrection chapter. And, you know, early morning, early dawn, these women are bringing their spices, and the stone is rolled away. They enter didn't find the body of the Lord. They're perplexed about this, and these two men, angels called men, suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And I love verse 5. Why do you seek the living one among the dead? This is a precious verse to me. He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you whilst he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful man to be crucified on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. So the angels were able to jog their memory and, and bring back to their active thinking what it was Jesus had taught them in the past. And when he returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest, there were additional disciples with the eleven. By this time, Judas has hanged himself, so the twelve is now the eleven. Okay, But among all the rest includes Matthias and uh, Barsabbas. Okay. So that when he appears to the twelve, he's appearing to the twelve. They just don't know it yet. They think he's appearing to the eleven. All right. Now there were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James. and The other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. All of these women... But these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe them. Not could not, would not. What you believe is your choice, based on what you are persuaded of, (laughs) or not persuaded of. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only, and he went away to his home, marveling at what had happened. Now this is a separate running to the tomb. The Gospel of John talks about how he and John had a foot raised to the tomb. All right. And uh, now Peter goes back a second time by himself, looks at the tomb, doesn't see anything. And then he goes home. He went away to his home in verse 12. Wherever he lived, we don't know where he lived, but he had a home there in Jerusalem. Different from the big upper room where he was meeting with the other disciples, with the other eleven and the rest. So, But now notice when... So he's at home in verse 12. But the next time we see Peter, he's not at home anymore. Next time we see Peter, he's back in the upper room with the disciples again. So we cut to the uh, M.E.S. Road episode here in 13 and following. And we've gone through this story before, these two guys. And they meet Jesus and they invite him home for dinner and he breaks bread and they realize it's him and then he disappears he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures, which I can appreciate. Uh, but let's see. Uh, verse 31, their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. So Jesus disappears there. And the two Emmaus Road guys go, wow, we we got to go tell the disciples. We've got to go tell the apostles. So they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. Seven miles, they got they got to hoof it back into Jerusalem again, late at night. And notice now they found gathered together the eleven and those who are with them. So now what happens there? The eleven in verse thirty-three, right? Hendeca. It's a Greek word for eleven. Um, this is hendecological, Relates to the eleven. All right. Um, <laughs> hendecological also, by the way, refers to the eleven permanent spiritual gifts. That's a hendecological study. All right. Um, but in verse thirty-three, gathered together are the eleven. So that tells you that in between verse 12, when Peter went home, and verse 33, what's happening to Peter? Yeah, Peter's not home anymore. Peter went from home to this place, where gathered together the eleven and those who were with him. Now, Luke doesn't record what happened. Luke doesn't record why Peter didn't stay home. Why did Peter leave his home? Why did Peter go back to church? I call it church, but why did he go back to the upper room where the disciples could meet in secret and lock the door and shut the, shut the shutters and 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 hide from the Jews? okay And then Jesus pops in and surprises them all and says, "Peace be with you." okay <laughs> So in between verse twelve and in between verse thirty three, the Lord appeared to Cephas, as it says in first Corinthians fifteen five a. He died, he rose again, and he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. And what we have here is, here's the two Emmaus road disciples show up. Imagine they're huffing and puffing from that seven-mile jog. Not really, I think they were much more in shape than we are. You know, if I had to jog seven miles, good luck. Okay, but they were used to that kind of a walk. Anyway, they find them all gathered together, and before they could share their Emmaus Road story about the breaking of bread and all that stuff, before they could share that story, the eleven start telling them, the Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. You see that right there? The Lord has really arisen and has appeared to Simon. That reference there, has appeared to Simon, matches perfectly with 1 Corinthians 15.5. That he appeared first to Cephas, then to the twelve. Okay? Because he's going to appear to Simon here, and then he's going to appear to the twelve just in a few more verses here in this, uh, in this room. Okay? He appeared to Simon, then to the twelve. So we're connecting, we're, we're blending 1 Corinthians 15 with Luke 24 right now. And I think it harmonizes very well. So, Cephas, Simon, Peter, Bar Jonah receives the first. Hand a fellowship extension. He's the first one called as an apostle. He's the first one called as an ecclesiastical apostle. That's why he didn't stay home. (laughs) That's why he ran back to this upper room. That's why he called the 11 and the rest. Because Jesus is going to appear to them too. And wouldn't you know it, the Emmaus Road guys showed up just in time. All right. So he's the first. Then the twelve. The twelve received the second preach extension. Then the twelve. And I believe we've already taught this. We've already covered this in episode 7 and episode 8. The Resurrection through the ascension, episode 7. Resurrection through the ascension, episode 8. The appearance to the uh, eleven minus Thomas and the appearance to the eleven including Thomas. Interestingly enough, uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul just says he appeared to the twelve. <laughs> Meaning that Matthias had to have been there as well, because Matthias is part of the twelve. Matthias and Joseph Barsabbas had to have been part of those others in that upper room. But 1 Corinthians fifteen five says he appeared to Peter, and then he appeared to the twelve. Luke 24 says that the Lord has really risen, he's appeared to Simon, Okay? We didn't believe all those women, but now we're believing Peter. Okay? Until he shows up and says, peace be with you, and then they're full of fear, thinking, ooh, it's a ghost. You know, we believe he's risen. We're just not used to him popping around and teleporting like this all the time. We must conclude that Matthias and Joseph Barsabbas were also present. And I think in addition to these verses here in Luke 24 and John 20, That when Jesus is extending the hand of fellowship, the ecclesiastical apostolic calling, when Jesus is is commissioning these uh, church age apostles, that uh, and that's what he's doing here. Look what he's doing here. He says, you are witnesses of these things. That's verse 48 of Luke 24. We're going to talk about this when we get to that separate episode. I think we really need to distinguish this from the uh, Great Commission chapter in Matthew 28. But you are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses. You are my apostles. I'm commissioning you. I am commissioning you. You men are going to begin the church age with apostolic authority. In Acts chapter one, uh, I think we we finally get introduced then to Matthias and to Barsabbas. Um, you wonder what were they doing all through the Gospels? <laughs> we never saw them. Well, there are a lot of things that we don't see in the Gospels. The books, the, you know, the world couldn't hold the books that could be written. But when they have to finish the number twelve, they can't just continue as the eleven. They have to identify number twelve before the Holy Spirit can come on Pentecost. And so um, it's necessary. Peter takes a stand and he's talking to the people here in the upper room. Acts 115 is where I'm reading from. At this time, Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren, gathering about 120 persons, and said, Brethren, the Scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. I love that. Peter's with the program now. Peter knows the Scripture has to be fulfilled. He's not about to listen to the Lord quote Scripture and then say uh, over my dead body, you know, far be it from thee, Lord, this should never happen to you. Peter's finally grabbing on to the fact that if it's been prophesied, it's got to happen. The scriptures have to be fulfilled. He was counted among us and received his share in this ministry. But that's what it says in the Book of Psalms: Let his homestead be made desolate; let no one dwell in it; let another man take his office. Acts 2:20 or Acts 1:20. Let another man take his office that was prophesied and fulfilled. Prophesied in Psalm 69 and fulfilled when Judas Iscariot hanged himself. And now Matthias will be appointed to become apostle number 12. And the 11, never appear again as the 11, it's always the 12. The hendeca becomes the dodeca. And the dodeca, the 12, are the apostles of the Lamb. And they're apostles of the Lamb before the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. So don't confuse the 12 with all the church age apostles. All right, so let another man take his office. Prophesied in Psalm 69, written by David uh, a thousand years before Christ, but fulfilled when Judas Iscariot hanged himself and Matthias was appointed as the number 12. The apostle Paul is not number 12. I know there's pastors that teach that. They're not correct when they teach it that way. The Apostle Paul is not Apostle number 12. There's more than 12 Apostles in the church age. There's more than 500 Apostles to start the church age. But of these 12, they have to be Apostles of the Lamb. Now notice, so yeah, don't pray this prayer for Obama. That's kind of a Facebook joke, you know, that, that the biblical prophecy, let another man take his office. Okay, you can he can make a, a political joke out of that and, and talk about President Obama, but that's that's not fulfillment. Fulfillment is Judas Iscariot, Okay. Now, it is necessary, it is necessary that of the men who accompanied us all the time, all the time, that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, all the time, beginning with the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us. That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of events. That's a pretty comprehensive harmony of the Gospels right there. That means that they traveled throughout Galilee. They traveled to Syria, Phoenicia. They traveled to Perea. They traveled to. They were in Jerusalem in the Passion Week. All right? They were in the upper room for this preach appearance to the Twelve on Sunday night, April 5th, 33 AD. They were witnesses of the totality of the ministry of Jesus Christ. One of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. Now, how many qualified based on that? The Apostle Paul didn't. Barnabas didn't, as far as we know. They were, and the brothers of Jesus certainly didn't. They didn't even get saved until after the resurrection. They were church-age apostles, but not apostles of the Lamb. They were not eligible to be included with the Twelve. So they put forward two men, and there may have been more. There may have been more that were eligible under these criteria. We don't know. But we know that these two were Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice. Well, these guys have all these different names. Cephas Simon Peter Barjona. Joseph Barsabbas called Justice. Okay, or Levi called Barnabas. Barnabas. He may have been one of these. And uh, I think he was among the five hundred on that mountain. Okay, and then Matthias. What do we know about Matthias? What was Matthias' last name? What was Matthias also called? What was Matthias... You know, we got all this information on Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, the guy they didn't pick. (laughs) We know more about him than we know about Matthias. What do we know about Matthias? We know his name. That's all we know. But we do know that he accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning with the baptism of John until the day that he was taken up from us. Matthias was with Jesus Christ in every single one of these Harmony of the Gospel episodes, beginning with the baptism of John. For three and a half years, Matthias was with Jesus from the baptism, right there, all the way to the end. And so was Barsabbas. Both these men were. But they're not recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I find that wonderful. Isn't that wonderful? There are so much more that could be written that wasn't written. The whole world couldn't hold the books, John supposed. If everything was written down, that could be written down. Okay? So I believe he appeared first to Simon, or to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then to the twelve. And that included Matthias. Because Matthias was there when Jesus appeared to the twelve. Then he appeared to 500 brothers at one time. Point five. The Lord's third preach extension, right hand of fellowship extension, calling apostles for the church age, was to more than 500 brethren at one time. More than. We don't even have an exact number. More than. 500 brothers at one time. First Corinthians fifteen six, Most of whom... Now, I don't think it was a whole lot more than 500. I mean, if it was 580 or 590, then wouldn't he have said he appeared to nearly 600 brethren at one time? So it was probably in the low 500s, just guesstimating. Probably included the 12 as well, so 512 plus a few here and there. Whatever it was, it was more than 500. Now, where do you fit that many people in Jerusalem? In one place at one time. There aren't that many buildings large enough you know could we put 500 in this room no all right not comfortably i guess maybe we could pack them in at standing room only but even then i wouldn't want 500 people standing in this room all right so what are your options for a crowd this size in jerusalem in 33 a.d uh, the temple would be large enough in the outer courts um But I think an appearance of Jesus in that place would have been... (laughs) Why did he not? Why did Jesus not stand in front of Pilate and Mrs. Pilate? Why did Jesus not stand in front of the high priest Caiaphas or Annas? Why did Jesus not show up in the temple and display himself as God, very God? Why to Peter, then the 12, then to 500, then to James, then to all the apostles, And then to last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. Specifically, those appearances, apostolic callings. All right, the most logical venue for this was the Great Commission event on the Galilean mountains. A large enough event, we know that that's where they were headed. We know that he told them to go there, and um, it makes sense. That that would be where this would take place. Matthew twenty-eight sixteen through twenty. And I think it is consistent. There was a mountain designated. It's kind of interesting. In, in Matthew, we don't have anything of the women or the Mass Road disciples or the upper room or Doubting Thomas or the fishing trip. Do you love me more than these? It's like the entire 40-day resurrection ministry is totally skipped over. Um, the, uh, the tomb is empty. The Pharisees uh, or the high priests bribe the guards. Tell them you fell asleep. If it comes to the governor's ears, we'll win them over and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they'd been instructed, and this story was widely spread among the Jews, and is to this day. It is to this day. What day was that? This is the day Matthew is composed. That's the day the book of Matthew is written to this day. I think it's it's indicative of an early of an early date for the gospel of Matthew. That there's still Jews and Pharisees and Roman guards telling the story. To this day, yeah, we fell asleep that night. They're still telling that story. I think it argues for an early writing of the book of Matthew. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. That may be a way to kind of describe the, the glitch with Thomas the week before. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, go therefore. Now, this is a setting, this is in Galilee, and it's a mountain. See that in verse 16? And to me, if I'm going to find a place to place 1 Corinthians 15:6, where he appears to more than 501 time, this to me is the most logical place to do it. That we would harmonize uh, those events. This was a great place to harmonize with Galilee, with uh, event 12 great commission episode in the resurrection through the ascension section of our harmony i think it also likely included barnabas i suspect barnabas was one of these 500 if not i don't know when barnabas received his apostolic calling it was before paul when paul reached jerusalem barnabas was the only apostle that had enough grace to listen to, to listen to a story and then when, Paul, when Barnabas was sent off to Antioch, he knew exactly who to go fetch to get some help. It wasn't going to be any of those Jerusalem guys. It was going to be Paul. There's an apostle to the Gentiles that will bear fruit with Barnabas in Antioch. Notice, Barnabas is called an apostle. These are the verses that folks don't like. There are some Paul worshipers out there, okay? some Paul uh, aficionados, okay? if you want to think of them as that. They're Paulophiles. And I and I don't mock them. I, I used to be a polyphile, and I probably people will accuse me of being a polyphile, right? Because I've taught Corinthians and 1 Corinthians and 2nd Corinthians and Thessalon Thessalonians and I've done a lot of the Pauline epistles. Have I ever taught the book of James verse by verse? Have I ever taught the first Peter verse by verse? Seems to me like the Lord has had me in a lot of these Pauline epistles for at least since 2004. Okay? I'm not afraid of the other books. It's just that's not where the Lord's taking me. Now, I like the Apostle Paul, but let me tell you something. He was not Apostle number 12. His name will not be on a foundation stone of the heavenly Jerusalem. The 12th name on that 12th stone is going to say Matthias. Matthias is the replacement. Okay, Matthias is the replacement. I named this laptop Matthias. Why? It's the replacement (laughs) for the laptop that got stolen. All right. Um <laughs> Paul is not the 12th apostle. That's the thing. There's more than 12. There's more than 500. Which is why, by the way, Satan could then dispatch some phonies out there to go pose as false apostles. You know, how rough would it be for Satan to send out some false apostles if there's only 12? <laughs> okay? And if you know, James dies pretty early, so you know, they start to get picked off and you know somebody shows up and says i'm an apostle well you're not peter you're not andrew you're not paul you know if there's only 12 then it makes it rougher for false apostles to work their mischief but if there's more than 500 all right well now we got to put them to the test and see if they are apostles or if they're not as the pastor in ephesus was able to do barnabas is called an apostle in acts 14 14 When the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their robes and cr- rushed out into the crowd, saying, "Men, why are you doing these things? You know, they were all worshiping. Well, what do you expect? They're a bunch of Greek pagans, and they think, you know, the gods have come, like, become like men and come down to us. They began calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. So Barnabas must have been tall and imposing physically or whatever, and, and uh, Paul was little, short, kind of disfigured. So, well, this must be Barnabas and and this must be uh, Zeus and Hermes. And uh, let's let's offer sacrifices to these men, to these gods. (laughs) But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, they tore their robes and rushed out of the crowd. Saying, don't do that, we're men just like you. Okay? Barnabas is an apostle. There's more than 12. Barnabas is an apostle. When did he get his calling? When did Jesus Christ appear to Barnabas? and extend the hand of fellowship apostolic calling. I think it was when Barnabas was one of the 500, known to the apostles, the son of encouragement, the the Levite of Cypriot birth that had uh, encouraged them so much in his uh, grace-giving and other ministries. 1 Corinthians 9.6 You can't read this any other way than to assume that Barnabas is an apostle, and so are the brothers of Jesus Christ do only Barnabas and I not have a right to refrain from working? You realize if only Barnabas and I, he's, he's including them as apostles here. He says, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? The apostles have the maximum Christian liberty of anybody in the church age. They represent Jesus Christ with representative authority, not delegated, representative authority. If to others I'm not an apostle, at least I am to you. Do we not have a right to eat and drink? We're apostles. You're going to tell us what we can eat and drink? Are you our authority here in the church? Do we not have a right to take along a believing wife even as the rest of the apostles and the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Now look at this list here. He is listing church-age apostles right here. And this includes Paul and Barnabas. This includes the rest of the apostles and we're going to see that group because that's the last group that he appears to and then the brothers of the lord they were all apostles james and jude wrote new testament books joseph and simon we don't know what they did but they were brothers of the lord right here they're called apostles or do only barnabas and i not have a right to refrain from working You know, that verse is meaningless if Barnabas is not a legitimate apostle. Of course Barnabas is an apostle. And I believe he's called an apostle three different times in the Scriptures. He's called an apostle in Acts 14. He's called an apostle in 1 Corinthians 9. He's called an apostle in Galatians two nine. Why does the Holy Spirit call him an apostle three different times? I think, yeah, I think he's an apostle. I also suspect it's because he's the author of Hebrews. And uh, the Holy Spirit wants us to be very clear that the author of Hebrews is an apostle. Three different times. We have an emphasis here that Barnabas is an apostle. Same thing with James. Why why stress that James is an apostle? Why stress that the brothers of Jesus are apostles? Because of the book of James. Because of the book of Jude. These men needed the sanction of apostolic calling to validate their apostolic ministries. Nobody today needs that, but they did. Alright, Galatians 2.9 Recognizing the grace that had been given to me We looked at this earlier. James and Cephas and John, who were reputed to be pillars, gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. Barnabas has the same right hand of fellowship that Paul has. Barnabas has every apostolic calling, privilege, and right, and sanction that Paul has. More even, because he's got seniority on Paul. The first missionary journey was always, what was the order the names were listed in? Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul. It was not until a very key moment where it switches around and becomes Paul and Barnabas. And it was after John Mark abandoned them. After John Mark abandoned them, then it flip-flops and it becomes Paul and Barnabas. And very quickly after that, they split up. All right. The Lord's third preach extension was to more than 500 brethren at one time. Next week we'll come and we'll look at James, the eldest of Jesus' physical brothers. The only people that deny this are those that insist on the Roman Catholic dogma that Mary remained an eternal virgin, and so that Jesus does not have physical brothers, but Protestants have no problem with it, Orthodox has no problem with it, some Orthodox, some Orthodox hold to virginity of Mary, others don't. Some teach it as the half-brothers based on Joseph's first wife, um, which makes the boys older than Jesus actually at that point. Um, No, these are the brothers after Jesus, when uh, Mary was no longer virgin, and uh, when Joseph and Mary had family relations and gave birth to the brothers and the sisters. So we'll deal with that next week. And then all the apostles and then Paul. We'll talk about those and wrap this up. Remember, we only have today and next week for the year is the 11th and the 18th. There is no Life of Christ class on Christmas morning on the 25th. And there is no Life of Christ class on New Year's morning, January 1st. We'll be here till midnight the night before. Uh, We will not come back uh, in the morning for Life of Christ or Ladies' Prayer on January 1st. So you got two Wednesdays off coming up. We will try to wrap up point six, seven, and eight uh, one week from today. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this class. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.